to know everything to dive in and try it. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be. Mm -hmm. And nobody will judge you for what that looks like. Just the fact that you tried. And that's a really positive thing I find around this community. Hey, I'm Carrie. And I'm Lauren. And welcome to How'd You Learn To, the podcast dedicated to understanding the learning journey from a personal perspective. As lifelong learners who work in learning and development, we want to know more about the highs and lows of developing a new skill and the personal growth that comes along with it. Our talented friends will share their learning stories with us right here on this podcast. From that initial spark of a new interest to the aha moments when things finally click into place. We hope this podcast encourages you to take a risk, learn something new, and embrace the journey of lifelong learning. And with us this week is Jill Donaitis. Jill's an old friend. She's also a very accomplished cosplayer. So the first time I met Jill, we were working for the same company. And I was trying to get onto the team that Jill was already on. So I was trying to get to know her a little bit. And I looked at her laptop. And she had a sticker I'd never seen, which was rare. And it was Jubilee from the X-Men. So I'm a comic geek going back a ways. So I was like, okay, here's my in. Because usually you expect, okay. So I say to Jill, I said, Hey, that's Jubilee from the X-Men on your laptop. That's super cool. Are you way into comics? And I believe you said something along the lines of, yeah, but actually I have that sticker because I cosplay as Jubilee. When someone tells you they cosplay, it's a little bit like when someone tells you they're in a band where you're like, okay, I still need to check it out to see like to what degree you cosplay or to what mm -hmm. degree you. And <laughs> when I got on your Insta, I was blown away at how good your cosplay was. And we connected over D&D &D and stuff as time went on and, and stayed in touch. Anyways, all that having been said, Jill, welcome to How'd You Learn To? And this is the How'd You Learn To cosplay episode. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is like, what sparked your interest in cosplay? I know you started, I believe it was 2013 with an Adventure Time cosplay was your first. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and, and chat about all things cosplay. Technically, if you want to say that, yes, that is my first cosplay of what I considered. But it actually wasn't the first time I started making costumes. In terms of getting into making costumes, Halloween has been like my forever love. <laughs> When I was really young, I wanted to be a Pokemon, but not Pikachu. I wanted to be a specific Pokemon that I loved. It was Clefable. Of course, that costume didn't exist. So I was like, I'm going to make these wings out of Bristol board. <laughs> you know, something is so simple. As a kid, just I want to make this. What do I have around the house or what can I make it with? And then realizing that like every year, it wasn't necessarily, oh, going and buying a store-bought Halloween costume. It was, I'm going to make my costume. What can I make this year? And then one day I realized that I didn't have to only dress up on Halloween. <laughs> and that was a great experience. And I was like, this is something I can do all year round? Why not? <laughs> I love that. As someone who is like not really into Halloween or cosplaying, but I'm really impressed with... I want to be this like random Pokemon, this deep cut Pokemon, and I'm going to find some Bristol board. I'm going to make it happen. What made you feel like this is something that's like part of your personality or part of your identity made it really last for you? I always knew I wanted to do it, but I was a little bit at first embarrassed in the idea behind like, dressing up and going out into public and putting myself out there. It was very much a vulnerable position where you're going to put on this costume for not Halloween, not the, the day that society says you can kind of <laughs> dress up in a yeah. silly costume. So it, I took this step one day and I said, hey, my now husband actually invited me to go to a convention in Toronto Fan Expo. And I was like, Oh, okay. Do people normally just go and some people dress up? I was like, oh, 
okay, what can I dress up as? And that's where you <laughs> first saw the picture of Finn from Adventure Time, where I was like, okay, let me see what I can put together. And when I was around just this community of people mm. who, again, had also taken that step and sometimes even further, a lot of them a lot further in terms of their journey in cosplay. And did you draw a lot of inspiration from those other folks when you went to these conventions? Oh, yeah. I That first one that I went to in that Finn cosplay was like eye-opening. I was like, where has this been my whole life where I could just come and be myself and dive in and really let loose on all the things I love in terms of television and costume making and just being in that really positive environment. The cosplay community is very inviting and if anything, you can look out to see if anybody else has the same costume so you can get pictures with them oh, and make so that cool. kind oh, of nice. a memory. So that first picture that I have in my Finn cosplay is with another Finn cosplayer. Yes. It was a great loosening of those kind of inhibitions in a way of what I can and can't do that society says is you're going to do it only on this time or this day. I love that idea of how important a community is to like discovering that passion and then learning it because you recognize, okay, I'm accepted here. I can start here, but then there's like a place to grow. So we started with, sorry, what, which Pokemon was it again? Clefable. Clefable. <laughs> I'm going to look that up in my kid's Pokemon index after this. Clefable. <laughs> we start with Bristol Board Wings Clefable and like... Most recently, I saw a Skeletor with like full makeup. I've seen you as your Tabaxi character from D&D. Take us a little bit through that journey. What were the highs and lows and really relevant milestones in refining that craft that you've discovered a passion for, but maybe at that stage, not so much an, uh, a mastery of? Yeah, so finding out that this was something that I could do often and dig into this whole new community. I started with this idea and actually I moved on. Jubilee was my next cosplay from X-Men, but I didn't make that whole costume myself. So I went from this base of just a little bit to, okay, I want to do a full costume, but I don't necessarily have the skills to lean in, but I can gather the material that I want to go to the next level. So I would reach out to the community to get some ideas about where I could find certain pieces and and again, get tutorials. Cosplay in itself is very unique where it's not just one hobby. It's not one thing that you need to figure out. It's actually like 10 roads ahead of you and choosing which <laughs> one and how you want to combine those roads and where you're at in all of those different journeys of skills, combining it all into a character. So how I've gone along that journey is I've chosen the different characters that I want to do specifically to build on those roads and those skills of what I want to accomplish. So it's not just, oh, I love Jubilee. I'm going to be Jubilee. It's, I love Jubilee. And there's a challenge here that I could treat almost as like a learning milestone for the next challenge. Exactly. Yes. And so that one was, mm -hmm. okay, I want to dig into what this really is and what consists of it. The next one, I believe it was Pit from Kid Icarus. And that was a really interesting costume because there was a lot of failure involved in that one. There was the point where I wanted to make the wings articulate. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look up online. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to try and I'm going to build it out of wood. And I built it and it was so heavy that I was like, there's no <laughs> way I'm going to carry this around at a convention. Mechanically, yes, they could work, but functionally there was that element where it just mm -hmm. it didn't fit. So I ended up going in a whole different direction and kind of revamping all the ideas that I had. And that happens so much in, in cosplay. If you try one thing, you have a vision in your mind of how you want to put it together and it's either going to work or you're going to try something else. So that was really interesting where it's like, okay, I start to put together, I wanted to do these wings and he has a, a big 
jewel on his costume. So I was like, okay, how do I make a jewel <laughs> the way I want it to be? So that's where actually where I started resin in order to get it. And now I'm way down <laughs> into the resin work category in terms of how I can do more things with, with costumes there. And I make dice out of <laughs> resin now, but that kind of came from this initial, I wanted to make a jewel on a costume. How do I do it? I love that story because it reminds me about recalling your story of the cardboard thing of wanting to be this I almost said Pikachu, this Pokemon. (laughs) And you're just like, I see a wall and I'm just going to go through it. I'm not going to see this as a limitation. I'm just going to see this as an opportunity to learn a new skill, whether it's cardboard work (laughs) or resin work or makeup. I've seen some of the makeup on your Instagram, which is truly incredible. As you develop the skill and you also talk about this like wonderful community that you're a part of in growing all of these skills, have you been able to mentor other folks coming into this community and help them with the sort of challenges that they're facing? Yeah, I'm slowly growing a community of people where I've gotten them into cosplay. Your cosplay babies? Yes, my cosplay grandkids because they convince people (laughs) also too. So my friend Shay, she is very creative, likes a lot of the things we like. But again, I had never tried cosplay before. She was Rayla from the Dragon Prince. I'm like, why don't you try it? Her first cosplay was amazing. She made it all from scratch. We use hot glue guns a lot. Mm. So like, even though she's like, I don't know how to sew. I'm like, hot glue solves everything. You don't need to know everything to dive in and try it. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be. Mm-hmm. And nobody will judge you for what that looks like just the fact that you tried. And that's a really positive thing I find around this community is when you do mentor people or when you connect with people around it, it's always through this positive lens of like you created something. It sounds like such a supportive community and even you speaking about it with such love and enthusiasm as someone who doesn't cosplay, it makes me almost wanna dive in. Lauren, join us. What would be your cosplay, Lauren? It would be Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Nice. I follow someone on Instagram who's Carrie Dragshaw who drag performs uh, Carrie Bradshaw. And the way you talk about cosplay reminds me of like drag and how a supportive community dovetails into all these incredibly creative pursuits, whether it's makeup, costume design, glue gunning things together. And I'm wondering as you get through these new challenges, was there ever something that was like insurmountable? Something that I have taken on, I have this idea for it. And it's sometimes just about the time, sometimes it's about the cost or like the skill itself that makes it where it's like, it's not the right time to do it. I wouldn't say there's thing that's ever caused me to stop and be like, right, this is just done. Cause I'll always find a way to make it in my own way. A really good example of this was, Carrie, you mentioned my tabaxi, like my cat folk costume. Thank you for explaining that where I didn't. I just threw out the term <laughs> and I was like, they can Google it, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's a tabaxi from Dungeons and Dragons, my my original character. And initially what I wanted to do was a face prosthetic, but it's not just a face prosthetic. It has to be furry. So how do I do a furry face prosthetic? Initially, I had started to go down this road of, okay, I'm going to make a mold and then I'm going to put latex on it. And, and then I, I bought this machine that like f- a flocking machine that like puts the fur on where it's not just batted on there it goes in the same direction and I didn't particularly have the confidence with the amount of time I needed to get it done in to full force go into trying this because if I had failed 
I wouldn't have got the, the costume and without that mask, it just wouldn't have happened. I ended up making the mask out of craft foam. It's very different than what I initially imagined, but it worked. But now I'm actually reapproaching that same costume to take to conventions going in the future. So I have a lot of the elements that I built, but I'm going to now refine and I'm going to get better at the things that I initially didn't necessarily get to take a stab at because of the time and the skill level that I was at the time. Okay, let me tell you what I heard, and you tell me if I'm hearing you right. So what you're saying is, in cosplay, you come up against idea versus capacity, cost, time. Mm -hmm. And what it sounds like is really important is keeping the goal in mind, which is to say, I want this costume for this convention. Secondarily, I would like it to have fur that all goes in the same direction, which is just wild. I never would have even thought of that. But... Failing that, it's more important that I get it done on time than it is that I get done perfectly. Yes. And so it sounds like you are, even as you're going through the learning process and choosing which learning path to go down, you still have that final goal in mind. 100%. Yeah. Cosplay takes a long time. Like I start costumes sometimes a year before I plan to wear them. Just based on, again, what are all the pieces that I have to make myself versus the pieces that I'm sourcing? And if you get to a point where you've been working on something for a year with this end goal of wearing it on a certain date and one piece stops you from bringing that together, that's so (laughs) critically like sad for me. So you're right. There is this element of it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And you can always modify it and go and and try new things because there's always going to be another convention to, to wear it at. But... You still Mm -hmm. want to wear it in that time frame that you set for yourself, that goal you set for yourself in order to get it done and completed. I love that lesson as well of like perfectionism. I think it can rob us of of actually getting something out into the world. I'm wondering if there are any other lessons from your world and cosplay that you've taken into other avenues in your life. What have you taken from this learning journey with cosplay? That's a really great question. I would say probably one of the primary things is that no matter what you're focusing on in terms of mastery, there's always going to be pieces that will add that you're going to continue to learn. So I could get really good at sewing, let's say, but I'm never going to be necessarily a master. I'm just going to keep going and going until I do it. But then there's also going to be, okay, prosthetics and makeup and all these pieces that kind of come together to give you a holistic view of that skill or project that you want to complete. So when I think about even things like my job, I work in learning design, there's always going to be new technology, new techniques, new things to try in terms of creating content. I'm never finished learning the thing because there's so many paths to add to that broader piece of how can I create amazing learning in the job that I'm doing. So no matter what, there's always going to be a path that I can take to get better at the thing that I want to do. I really like that. Sticking on the perfectionism theme for a minute, I think you might be uniquely qualified to answer this question. One thing that's different about learning today than it was 20, 25 years ago, obviously, is social media. So I'm a a musician, primarily a drummer, and I can at any time look up YouTube videos of people who are a thousand times, YouTube videos of children who are a thousand times better than I am at (laughs) drumming. And it can be really difficult, I think, to maintain your passion in the face of mastery that you can't hope to achieve. Mm. And based on what you're saying, it is a very supportive community, but I'm sure you follow a bunch of cosplay accounts. I'm sure you like watch people who have monetized it and have mastered it and like this and that. How do you maintain your passion in the face of other people's mastery that seems so far beyond you? I think at one point in my life, I would have looked at it and be like, I'm not going to try because I'm not going to be as good as these people. But I really found myself in terms of that self-focus of 
yes, it's amazing that they're achieving those things. What can I learn from them? What can I continue to, to grow and, and get information, get inspired by the community of, of the amazing mm. things that they're able to spend their time and energy yes. and their focus and their passion on while I can take the things that are going to be relevant to me in that and learn and grow and have my own path of learning in that. I don't have to be as good as everybody else. Everyone's going to always have different pieces that they lean into and have the skills in and they're going to approach it from a completely different angle. But having the inspiration from seeing other people actually just doing the thing drives me to want to do more of that regardless of my skill level. Let me see how other people have done it to see if there's something either mm -hmm. I can do similar or even build off of. And that's how we're all going to get each other better at what we do is challenging each other to like do better and better at the things that we do. Jill, your energy is like so infectious. I just, I love how you take these, like I, I totally relate to what Carrie's saying, where you see someone online on social media with a skill that you want to acquire and you think, oh, they're younger than me. They're better than me. I'm not even going to touch it. I'll find something else. You're like, this is inspiring. I want to follow this journey and see where it takes me. I absolutely love that. And what gives you that like momentum to keep going? I am inspired. I love seeing what other people do creatively. I think if I were not able to drive myself to do it, I wouldn't do anything. And in a sense, doing nothing would make me even harder on myself than not doing the thing. <laughs> perfectly mm -hmm. or well, in a sense. It's almost this like indecision. If I'm trying to figure out what is the path that is going to give me absolute mastery, I would never be able to pick a path because there would always be someone doing things mm. better or different or unique that I would always get in my own head and say, well, I can't do it like that. I might as well not try. Nothing would exist. My studio wouldn't exist. For me, it's if I want to be artistic, if I want to try something that brings me joy and fills my cup, can't look at and think, that other people are going to be better and stop me from doing that. That's great because it sounds like mastery really isn't the goal. It's just having fun, right? Yeah, definitely having fun, but also just what are the pieces that I can challenge myself to be better, but also just like that I can relax to. So when I think about some of these pieces, it's almost I can be in my own world. I can focus on my own thing and hours can go by and I can realize I was just enjoying the thing that I'm doing. Jill, you have been incredible. This has been so inspiring, not just from a cosplay perspective, but just from a learning and passion and joy perspective. Where and how should people find you? If you want to take a look at some of the work that I'm doing, you can check me out on Instagram at jill-da-da dash nicest. <laughs> okay, quick update. Since we recorded this interview, Jill has updated her Instagram handle. And we wanted to let you all know what it is because we recommend following her. She's got some great cosplay content, of course, but also gaming, crafting, D&D &D playing, dice making, makeup, you name it. It's a great follow. So you can find her at gelatinous.cube on Instagram. That's J-I-L-L-A-T- I-N-O-U-S dot cube, C-U-B-E, on Instagram. We'll also link to her account in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. And you are also, as an aside, but worth checking out too, you are live streaming D&D &D sessions, yes? Yes, so I play D&D &D with the Dungeon Dudes. You can check them out at youtube.com slash Dungeon Dudes. We play the Dungeons of Drakenheim campaign. Really fun. Again, D&D. &D. Such a good hobby, such a good way to connect with friends and be creative and all the things. 
And I believe you all created that campaign, correct? We did, yes. For yeah, sale currently, campaign. no? <laughs> yes, if you want to check that out. I'm like, I don't know what the website is for that, but if you <laughs> Google Dra- Dungeons of Drakenheim, you can also find that as well. And upcoming, hopefully, our, our second book that was successful on Kickstarter too. Oh, we're both so excited. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Jill. And thank you, everybody, for listening. That was a very fun conversation. So much fun. Jill is a wealth of information. I'm, I enjoyed it a lot. So what was your kind of key takeaway on her learning journey? My key takeaway as a perfectionist was to enjoy <laughs> or lean into the joy of learning new things mm. and not being an expert and not strive for mastery. Something I think about often when it comes to my own perfection perfectionism is, and there I just said the word incorrectly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> is the fear of not producing something at the highest possible quality. Yes. And that fear limiting your output because you're comparing yourself to others. You're thinking, oh, I, I think I did a good enough job, but if I just keep working at it, I just keep working at it. At some point, you know, you've got a deadline, you got to draw a line in the sand and put it out there. And with Jill's story, she really wanted the, like, I don't remember the name of the character, but the cat mask. Oh, yeah, the tabaxi mask. Right. It wasn't quite what she wanted, but she had to go out there and like go to the convention with this mask. And so she found another avenue and, and got it done. And it wasn't exactly what she wanted, but it was better than nothing. And I'm sure it was spectacular. <laughs> She's so talented. But just reflecting on that from my own perspective, my takeaway is it's better to put something out into the world than hold back until it's perfect. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was actually my key takeaway too, is perfectionism being the enemy of joy. That I think is what rang true to me about that story is that not only did she just go, mm. I didn't get the sense that she was sulking the whole week or, or being like, people are like, I like your mask. Well, that's not furry, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> like she wasn't upset. Like she actually still mm-hmm. found a lot of joy. And that I think for me in some of my personal, you know, passion pursuits, I have really allowed that my own lack of mastery to sap the joy from it and that Mm. inhibits me from learning and developing and growing that was my takeaway too that perfectionism can be this thief of joy and the more you chase joy within a learning process the the better you're going to get faster that and the fact that Carrie Bradshaw would be your go-to cosplay. Those were my two (laughs) learnings for this. Ted Lasso would probably be mine. I could totally see that but I love that phrase perfectionism is the thief of joy. I feel like I stole that from somewhere. I'm going to have to Google that later. I think what the phrase is, um, comparison is the thief of joy. But I think that either version works because it plays into what Jill mentioned, which is sort of leaning into that joy. And you're right. I'm sure she didn't, you know, denigrate the costume that she did have. She was probably very joyful about it and super excited and getting a lot of support from from her cosplay community as opposed to, oh, it's good, but it could have been better, which I think is a trap we we all fall into. 100%, mm-hmm. 100%. So that, that's our takeaway, folks, is, is find joy in the learning journey and it'll be a much smoother and quicker learning journey for you. Thank you so much for listening to How'd You Learn To. I'm Carrie O'Brien. I'm Lauren Ram. And we'll see you next time. Ciao for now.